It's now time for Talkin' Boxing with Billy C. It began as a podcast, went live on the net, and transformed into a full-blown empire. It's the only daily boxing talk show on the planet, hosted by the only guy with the balls to do it. Many have stepped into the ring. Many have tried to take the belt. And one by one, they've fallen. Another victim of the undisputed heavyweight champion of Boxing Talk Radio. Talking Boxing with Billy C is on now. My style is impetuous, my defense is impregnable, and I'm just ferocious, I want your heart. And we're coming to you live from the Billy C. Studios in Lake George, New York. I'm Bill Calagero, and it's time for the Billy C. Show. Good morning, good day, good evening. Whenever you're listening, whenever you're watching, I hope you're doing all right today. Today's show is being brought to you in part by Sal's Neighborhood Pizzeria and Italian Restaurant, located on beautiful St. Simon's Island, in Georgia. Check out the website www.salsneighborhoodpizzeria.com or give my man a call 912-268-2328 912-268-2328 Find out why I go all the way all the way to St. Simon's for an authentic Italian meal. And speaking of St. Simon's give a shout out uh, to our local affiliate uh, in the St. Simon's uh, area WGIG glad to be part of your day today. So uh uh, happy about uh, all of our affiliates, but uh, hey, since we're talking about Sal's Restaurant on Frederica, if you're listening on WGIG, go over to Sal's if you haven't been there. What are you missing? Come on, the island's not that big. I know you're in Brunswick. Cross over to, go through that circle, cross over the bridge, and go to Sal's. Trust me, you won't regret it. And today's show, and speak, oh, oh, I forgot. And speaking of St. Simons, we're going to do another Billy C. event. It's going to be taking place at the Sea Palms. This time, it's going to be not one, not two, but three full days of activities. Uh, we are going to be doing a golf tournament. We will have a fishing tournament. Yeah, I heard. You heard, right? We'll have dinners at Sal's. We'll have meet and greets. I got some celebrities coming. Great three days. It's going to be a, a Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Uh, is Oh, wait a minute. Maybe it's a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I forget the three days, but it's uh, either Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, or Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Uh, the tentative dates is uh, the weekend of uh, uh, the uh, Mexican uh, uh, holiday uh, in September. Uh, so uh, check it out. We're going to have a inv- invitation only, I think, this time. So uh, drop me an email. We already got some emails coming in. Our space is limited. We're going to be offering package deal, uh, which includes uh, hotel room, dinners, uh, the golf outing, the fishing term, all of that stuff, the meet and greet. You're going to love it. Drop me an email, billy at talkingboxing, T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G.com. And finally, today's show being brought to us in part by, of course, my book. Get yourself a copy. You can get it right now. Go to barnesandnoble.com or amazon.com. Tom Molino from Bondage to Baddest Man on the Planet. If you're looking to get a signed copy, just visit the website, billycboxing.com, and click on the book. Looking to get more than one copy? Drop me an email, billy at talkingboxing. Boxing, T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G.com. Coming up a little bit later, we got Boxing Hall of Famer, 
and New Jersey Boxing Commissioner Larry Hazard scheduled to join us. Got a bunch of stuff to talk to him about. Uh, also, this week's Blast from the Past. You know, you guys take the time to request a blast. We do it. Now, we got a line of uh, a, a list, I should say, of blasts uh, that are in the queue, so to speak. But today, uh, once again, out of the box, which I love that you guys are thinking outside the box. Normally, we get a request for a, a, a fighter from yesteryear. Uh, we've gotten uh, some requests recently for venues, some classic venues. Well, this week, it's on a promoter, Bob Arum. So we're going to be talking about Bob Arum and top-ranked promotions, uh, Alex Perpali. We'll present that a little bit later. But first, the big news in the sport today. Vasily Lomachenko, Jorge Linair, signed, sealed, and delivered. This fight will be taking place at... Madison Square Garden in New York City on May 12th. Uh, Lomachenko moving up from 130 to 135 will be challenging Jorge Linares for his WBA uh, World Lightweight title. Keep in mind, Lomachenko has already moved up two weight classes. Uh, This was a fight that uh, a lot of people wanted to see, including myself. Uh, It will uh, definitely uh, give us an opportunity to see just how great Lomachenko is. Will it be broadcast on uh, HBO? No. How about Showtime? No. How about a pay-per-view? No. How about ESPN? Ding, 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 ding. Yes, yes, it'll be broadcast live on ESPN. Joining me right now from St. Simons. He just took a sip of his coffee. My man, Sal, Rocky, Senecola. Good morning, Sal. Good morning, Sal. Good morning, Billy C. How are you today, buddy? Oh, not too bad, my man. Not too bad. Uh, how you doing today? I'm doing well, thank you. I'm doing really well. Yeah, I saw I, that. Uh, I saw I, that I we lost that announcement. That's a heck of a fight. I'm so glad. I can't believe it. And it's going to be on ESPN. Yeah, yeah. I lost you for a second, but uh, I, hey, I was going to tell you the same. You, you know what? You know what else I wanted to mention? <clears throat> we uh. We, we just, uh, everybody was, I was getting a bunch of requests uh, from some of our viewers, and they're going, because uh, I've been trying to, you know, we, we, we do have a presence on YouTube, uh, not uh, very big. We've been doing it on YouTube for a while. It's just that I haven't really focused on it. I've been focusing on the TV and radio platforms, uh, you know, for years and years. But, Sal, uh, we, uh, as requests, we incorporated something called Super Chat. And it's in effect wow. today, and I guess uh, people can uh, get shout-outs and promotional things or whatever. So uh, if you're watching or listening on YouTube, uh, check out the Super Chat. But, Sal, back to you. Back to you, Sal. Back to me. Back I'm, to I'm, you. I'm, I'm, oh. I'm here. I'm here. What's your thoughts on Lomachenko-Linares, <laughs> man? I love the fight. Uh, once again, we have a, a fighter moving up in weight uh, to challenge for a, uh, a world title, Jorge Linares. Uh, is no easy out for uh, Vasily Lomachenko. What's your thoughts on the fight? No, he's not. I, I think it's a great fight at, at the lightweight uh, weight limit, and that's going to be a, you know, lightweights. Uh, there, uh, that was my former class weight class, and uh, no, we're action packed, and uh, they got some some power in their pop, and uh, uh, it's going to put Lomachenko to the real good test. Moving up, as you suggested earlier, is this his third weight class? I believe it is, and. Uh, he has uh, owned the previous two, and I can't wait to see what he can do as a lightweight. And Lanier's is a heck of a test and a, a great opponent, and I think they're going to bring the best out of each other. And I, th- I think it's going to be a great fight, great fight. 
I think it's a realistic fight. A lot of people want to see uh, the names that uh, have been floating around for several weeks was uh, Vasily Lomachenko against Mikey Garcia. We just saw Mikey Garcia uh, put on a great performance against Sergey Lipinets uh, this past weekend. Uh, I, I just, I, you know, as much as I like seeing great fighters do great things, um, Lomachenko is not a big guy. I mean, Mikey Garcia, uh, I got some news on him too, but Mikey Garcia, at least his frame can justify the uh, the weight movement, you know, him moving up, moving back down, moving back up. Uh, Lomachenko, you know, I'm not so sure. He may be biting off more than he can chew now, going up to 135, uh, especially against a guy like Jorge Linares. Now, remember, Jorge Linares is uh, is a guy that uh, puts, he throws a lot of punches, Sal. Uh, he's fast. Uh, he's accurate. You know, he has... Uh, uh, you know, uh, he was knocked out uh, against uh, 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 DeMarco, but uh, since then he's come back strong. Um, this is a guy that uh, is going to be, I, I think it's going to be a big test for Lomachenko, especially since he's bigger. I mean, Lomachenko shows us his movement, his hand speed, his accuracy. You know, he is the definition of the sweet science, in my opinion. But the question is, is can he withstand uh, the punching power of Linares? Linares is going to bring some pop uh, that uh, Lomachenko may not have felt before. What's your thoughts? I think you hit it right on the head, Bill, and I, I will tell you this, too. You know, uh, it's not like Lomachenko's concerned about bringing up his punching power because he really doesn't have much punching power. He's got a decent pop, but, you know, a lot of his fights have ended in a stoppage are from the cumulative blows and uh, his swarming style, if you will. Uh, he's a great, great boxer, as you suggested, he personifies the definition of the world of, of the word boxer. He uh, he's in range to deliver a punch. He's avoiding punches. He's very defensive. He can slip. He can move. He can block, and he can deliver. Now that's at the lighter weights that he's he's already owned. As a lightweight, what, you, what you're suggesting is true. I mean, Lanier's does have a pop in his punch. Lanier's is fast. Lanier's does throw a lot of punches. So this is gonna be. You know, it may be too much of a uh, – it might be the overbite. We'll see. Uh, that's why it's going to be a very good test and a very good fight. And uh, Lanier certainly is, is a good, well-rounded lightweight. And uh, as I, I also agree with you. And I think Marky Garcia would be too big for Lomachenko. So why should I feel that uh, Lanier's is not? So we'll see. Well, Lo Lo uh, Garcia, who does fight at 135 – um, you know, but he he just moved up to 140. I know, and I'm going to be talking about his desire to move up to 147 here in a few minutes. Uh, so you know, it just goes to show you that his frame is that much bigger. Even if uh, Mikey Garcia moved down uh, or stayed where he is, he's got a title at 135. Um, Vasily Lomachenko is moving up to 135, and I think that this is the max that this kid can go. Now, I could be wrong. They could be uh, putting on weight the right way or whatever. I've noticed uh, that, you know, uh, the way he moves and, and and the way he lands his punches, uh, you know, he, he's definitely going to continue to win on scorecards as he moves up, You assuming he's going to continue to assuming. win. Um, but, uh, but I think this is going to be a really good test for Lomachenko against Linares. Linares is no easy out. Um, he is going to probably bring hand speed uh, with him uh, against uh, Lomachenko. 
uh, at that bigger weight class, uh, more hand speed than he saw. I mean, in his last fight, uh, you know, yeah, he was fighting a, a top-ranked guy, but he frustrated uh, uh, Rigandau, and, and he wasn't able to, Rigandau wasn't able to do anything. As a matter of fact, uh, Lomachenko caused him to quit. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with Linares, but I love this matchup, and I'm glad, glad they made it. May 12th is, uh, is uh, the date at Madison Square Garden. This uh, fight required Top Rank and Golden Boy to uh, play nice together, which they did. Uh, there's also another card that night, um, and that's a busy month. We got some other fights going on. I mean, to be honest with you, Sal, 2018 is is picking up right where 2017 left off in terms of uh, quality matchups. We couldn't have hoped for better. I mean, that's what we're looking at, and we 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 were suggesting that at the end of 2017 that we could hope to have the uh, continuity with these good fights. I mean, how how great of a parlay would you want in a two-week period? You're going to have uh, 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 Triple G and uh, the other guy, if he, passes the, if he passes the drug test, we'll see what happens there, if that fight does come off, which I think it will, Bill. Um, and I think that uh, the Lomachenko-Lanares fight following up that one will be uh, a tremendous uh, parlay. Um, not to be confused with parlor, because I know you like to do the parlor talk, but uh... well, we had parlor talks. You know what? I was just in my old uncle's uh, parlor about thirty years ago, and we were discussing. <laughs> it seems like yesterday, huh? It seems like yesterday, pal. <laughs> what's your thoughts on uh, getting back to the uh, Lomachenko Linares fight? What's your thoughts on the fact that ESPN picked it up uh, versus? Uh, you know, uh, HBO has been kind of aligned with Lomachenko. Um, and, you know, Showtime is trying to, uh, as a matter of fact, I think uh, uh, HBO did the Linares fight. Didn't didn't they do the last Linares fight? But uh, And Showtime trying to, you know, weasel in on, on all of those uh, big fights. Uh, they, they seem to be definitely uh, ahead of the game. But what's your thoughts on ESPN uh, uh, getting this? I mean, both... Golden Boy and Top Rank have deals with ESPN. Um, obviously, that uh, you know played an important part, and plus the the viewership on ESPN for boxing uh, has been uh, going through the roof. What do you think th this fight will bring? Well, I think this fight is a natural for ESPN. I mean, it's a great layup. I mean, as you said, they're both affiliates of ESPN, and ESPN's viewership is is uh, definitely breaking records that we. Uh, we had hoped to see with the re re with the renewed interest in boxing, and this is going to sustain it. I mean, this is going to be great. People are going to have access to this, and it's going to be uh, right there in their living room. And and uh, I'll tell you what, I think it's a great uh, great shot for uh, for boxing this year with uh, with ESPN's partaking in some big fights. And this one is going to be about as big as you could imagine. I think the fact that ESPN is taking these fights, you know, I, I, listen, I'd be lying if I said that. I I don't miss Friday night fights because uh, I do, um, you know I I, I do like um, you know the uh, the Friday night fights series that they used to have. However, I will say this, um, you know the uh, uh, the the main thing I am enjoying right now at ESPN is that they're putting on. At least more than half of the fights are top fights, fights that we we want, you know. So uh, uh, I'm glad that they're in the mix. I, you know, the more people that are in the mix, 
uh, it opens up, you know, good old-fashioned competition, and that's good for the sport. I mean, I want to see, you know, HBO and Showtime and ESPN battling it out to get the best fights. I mean, don't you agree? Oh, come on. Yeah, that's that's the way it used to be, and, uh, you know, ESPN's a natural venue. Uh, We... Go way back, uh, I think, to the 70s, uh, and and or if certainly the 80s, so the impact of ESPN had. I mean, they had Thursday night fights, then they had Friday night fights, and, you know, you were tuned in every week, and there were good quality fights. They had a tournament. They had some big things. They had a big attention, uh, big audience, and uh, I think this is what they're doing to sustain that interest and to regain that interest. And, uh, you know, a big fight like this, man, I'll tell you, that, that says a lot about ESPN's uh, future of wanting to be a major major player in, in the uh, world of boxing. No doubt. And uh, I, uh, I'm i glad uh, that they are getting it. And I'm, I'm even more glad uh, that this fight uh, is signed, sealed, and delivered. It shows that, you know, in, in this day and age of, of boxing, Sal, we hear so often fighters saying, I want this guy. I, oh, he's ducking me. I mean, if I hear Deontay Wilder pound his chest and say that AJ's ducking him and, you know, it's all about it. It's it to him. He's calling him out. How much do I got to call him out? Blah, blah, blah. You know, they always like to leave out the other part, the financial, the negotiational part, all of that stuff. But it was good to see that a fight like Lomachenko-Linares that the fans wanted and the fighters wanted and the promoters wanted and poof, they made it happen. And not only did they make it happen, but they're agreeing to have it uh, air at a time that's not going to conflict with a Golden Boy promotion fight that's already taken place uh, that same night uh, on, a, on a rival network. So, I mean, I, there were a lot of deals, so to speak, uh, issues to be worked out. And uh, I, I'm glad to see that it all it all happened. I mean, you know, you've said it many, many times. If the fighters really want the fight, all the other obstacles can be worked out, right? That's that's what I always say. You know what? If a fighter is trying to avoid a fight, it, it's like my old uh, my other old saying, my saying, my adage saying: "Losers will find a problem with every answer. A winner finds an answer to every problem." So you know what? Fighters want to fight each other. They're going to find a way to work it out. And uh, if somebody doesn't really want to do 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 the fight, or or wants to avoid the fight, or wants to do the sidestep and the and the Jimmy Dance move here, you know, you're going to – I made that up. I never said Jimmy Dance move before. But anyway, it would be something to see when fighters go through the minutia of, of uh, having excuses, of looking what, why they can't sign a fight, why this doesn't happen, why it doesn't come to fruition. But when fighters want to get in a ring, other things that, that follow will be worked out. Well, like, you, like you've said, as long as the fighters want to fight. And, yeah. and, 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 and you know – Linares expressed his interest in fighting Lomachenko. Lomachenko is doing what great fighters do. They challenge themselves. They think outside the box. They move up and wait. They look for the best guys. They, they look for the top guys. That's what great fighters do. You know, yep. uh, you know smokescreen fighters act like they do that, and really they're fighting aged guys, uh, over-the-hill guys, I should say, or or a guy that's the lesser hey, hey, of hey. all the champions, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Now, again, somebody could argue with me and say, well, if Lomachenko was doing that, why didn't he go after Mikey Garcia? Mikey Garcia holds a 135-pound uh, belt as well. And, uh, you know, they would have a legitimate case there, Sal. I mean, uh, uh, you know, Mikey Garcia does hold 
135 pound uh, belt and Lomachenko is moving up to 135 to take on Linares uh, but if I'm Lomachenko and I'm looking at 135 pound weight division and I see a guy like Mikey Garcia who can make 135 so therefore he's a 135 pound fighter but he also just made 140 and won uh, you know a, a, a big fight against a tough guy uh, and uh, also you know, he, he's considering moving up to 147. So it just goes to show you that, he, you know, he's physically bigger. I think Lomachenko took the right fight at this stage. Should he do well against Linares, then maybe that does open the door uh, for a, uh, a fight with uh, Mikey Garcia. And don't forget about Javante Davis. People already forgot about him because ever since he linked up with you-know-who, he's been, uh, you know, uh, in some trouble. We haven't seen him. He lost his title because he wasn't disciplined enough to to uh, <laughs> make it on the scales. You know, all those things. And the end of the day, we haven't even seen him, you know. so no, he's but been people, out of the news, out of the light. Nah, people have been talking about him fighting uh, Lomachenko as well. So uh, I like that uh, Lomachenko uh, is uh, fighting this fight against Linares. I love the fight. I'm really looking forward to it. And uh, May is, is turning out to be uh, uh, going to be blistering. I hope not temperature-wise, but blistering when it comes to fight-wise. What do you think? Yeah, I think you're right. I think May is going to be a great month of fights and a lot to celebrate. Uh, and also getting back to uh, Lomachenko, I, I, I definitely think Lanier's is the way to go as far as his introduction to the lightweight division. Uh, I don't see... Uh, uh, Mikey Garcia, that that might be. Uh, I'll tell you, Mikey's a big guy, um, coming down from from uh, junior welterweight, and uh, I uh, same sense, same sense. I I don't know if I want to see Mikey Garcia go up to welterweight. You know, it, it's hard when you have a frame, you know, to to not develop it and let it fill out. And there's a natural progression. I mean, a guy that starts out fighting in his late teens or twenties, he's turning pro. He can handle the lightweight, but you do grow into a full, uh, lack of a better term, man's body. You fill out. By the time you're 28, 30, you're putting on some extra uh, extra muscle, extra pounds. You're doing something you've done for already 10, 15 years in some cases, and you know, you're know you filling out. So the weight does come on naturally um, with diet and exercise. So I think uh, I think that Mikey Garcia is filling out, and he's doing that progress because he has been moving up a little bit. I don't know if I want to see him quite as a welterweight, but uh, let's see him get comfortable where he just went as a junior welterweight. Well, and uh, and we'll have to see the save for Lomachenko. I mean, the guy uh, is is uh, you know every year that goes by, he's probably looking at the the these uh, the, the scale and you know. And with the weight classes only being five pounds apart, or some in some cases, you know, weight uh, one or two weight classes doesn't mean that much. But uh, uh, in the long run, you can still over chomp at the bit. Well, Mikey Garcia is thirty. He's uh, he fought this past weekend at at one hundred forty pounds, and it's a great segue because uh, he does want to move up to one forty seven, and he plans on moving up to 147 to challenge now get this and this is what great this is what great fighters do sal just like lomachenko is moving up and challenging a great fighter uh so is mikey garcia but guess what i gotta take a break uh so uh hold that thought i'll be back in 
too. We'll be right back. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're watching and listening to the Billy C. Show. Glad you could be with us. I want to give a shout out uh, to WSMN uh, out of uh, Nashua, New Hampshire. We're glad to be part of your uh, programming today. Um, Sal, I I also uh, wanted to, uh, we're talking about uh, Lomachenko against Linares, uh, signed, sealed, and delivered. Well, Mikey Garcia, victorious at 140 pounds this past weekend, picking up a title there, uh, has said that uh, I want to go to five weight divisions. I want to win championships in five welt- uh, weight divisions, which means I'm moving up uh, to the welterweight division. He says it's going to happen. I'm going to be the one of the guys that can do it. Not many fighters are capable of doing it, meaning five divisions uh, moving up in weight, but I'm not looking at it like that because I'm, I am growing in size. I have uh, my skills. I have my abilities uh, being greater then some of these opponents in higher weight classes is what I want to see if I can achieve. Um, He also said that he feels that out of the welterweights out there right now, Sal, he feels that Errol Spence uh, is the best welterweight in the world. Next to him, coming up second, is is, uh, Terrence Crawford, and Keith Thurman is at number three. And one of those three are the ones that Mikey Garcia wants to fight. Again, similar to Lomachenko, he's going after the top dogs in the division. The last time a true, true champion did that was Sugar Ray Leonard when he came out of retirement and went after Marvin Hagler. You know, these guys that, that, uh, you know, fight other weights and and they pick an opponent that, uh, you know, isn't uh, relevant to that division at that time, uh, is a joke, but Garcia, he's showing me a lot here. What's your thoughts on him uh, basically saying he wants to go after one of those top three, Errol Spence, Ter- Terrence Crawford, or Keith Thurman? You remember Keith you know Thurman. so funny? I see those top three pretty much in that same order as welterweights, and uh, I think Errol Spence is one of the best welterweights out there today, and uh, if not the best, and I think that him shooting for the best, again, it's a fighter that believes in himself, and that's challenging himself. It has nothing to do with the promoter. has nothing to do with the manager. It's the fighter saying, hey, guess what? This is what I'm shooting for. This is my, these are my goals. This is what I want to prove to myself. I don't have to do it, but guess what? I'm going to challenge myself because I know they're the best at where they are. And I still think I could beat them. And that's what I'm going to show. That's well, great. Well, that, you can't listen, ask for anything better. That's what great fighters do. They, they, you know, throughout the history of this sport, and I hope people understand this, throughout the history of the sport, the reason why fighters did what they did in terms of coming back, fighting bigger guys, whatever. I mean, Sugar Ray Robinson did it with Joey Maxim, failed. You know, uh, Roy Jones uh, Jr. did it, uh, won the heavyweight title. Because they, they know that, you know, throughout the history and throughout time, their accomplishments are going to be diminished a bit. 
And, you know, by doing things that are, you know, outrageous and doing things that, you know, only great fighters can do solidifies their legacies. And this is something that Garcia and Lomachenko were both doing. But uh, in any event, let me get some emails going here, Sal, because uh, in a couple of minutes we're going to be getting Larry Hazard on. And I just want to get some emails going. This first one is from uh, my man Jesse. He says, hey, Billy C. and Sal, uh, good to see the Lomachenko against Jorge Linares fight finalized set for May 12th. I can't wait, but I think Lomachenko will be too much for Jorge. Um, uh, we'll see. We'll see. He says, uh, what's your thoughts on highly touted prospect Josh Kelly already stepping in against a tough veteran in Carlos Molina? Is this a dangerous fight for Kelly? What's your thoughts on Josh Kelly? Listen, it is a dangerous fight, but, you know, when fighters want to prove, you see, this era of pussyfooting around and cherry-picking, thank God, appears to be over. These guys might finally see, Sal, that in order, to, get, they, in order to, to, to really you know, make some money and get the rankings and ratings on TV the way you want is you have to be in exciting fights. You have to challenge yourself. That's what these guys seem to be doing. And the other most important part of what this appears to be happening to me anyway is that they're finally realizing that it's not the end of the world or the end of your career should That's you come right. up with a loss, right? That's, you are 100% correct, Billy C. That is, that, you just said the, a mouthful right then and there. You know why? Because a, a, a world-class fighter losing to another world-class fighter, it's not the end of their career. And they can do what they got to do to get back in the mix right on top and – you know, rematches are, are, are in the future too. So, and you know, and I'm so, I'm so happy about this Lanier's fight as well with Lomachenko. Cause I know Lanier's was looking for a big name, a big fight and a big thing. And I, I you know, I think it's going to be fantastic. Yeah, no, I love it. I, I love it. I mean, uh, how do you see him faring against any of those? Oh boy. I'll tell you what. I think that, uh, I think uh, who Farron, who uh, Lomachenko or, uh, no, no, no. I'm talking about Danny Garcia. Garcia. I mean, uh, um, uh, Mikey Garcia against the top three that he's basically called out. I I'll tell you what. I'd like to see Mikey Garcia. I, I don't know if he plans on jumping right into the ring with one of these three guys before he does have a test as a, as a welterweight. Uh, I don't know if that's even necessary. I think he could do it. I mean, you know, Roberto Duran, he skipped over the junior welterweight division. Otherwise, he could have had another another weight class title. I don't know who was a champ at that time, Antonio Cervantes or somebody. But uh, I know that uh, Duran left the lightweight division and boom, right, went, went right up to the welterweights. Um, I think Mikey Garcia will do very well uh, against the Keith Thurman. I think he'll do, uh, do well. I think uh, who might give him trouble? Would be Errol Spence, and uh, I think even Terence Crawford could could do a good boxing display, uh, and hit and move a little bit and be. Uh, it, it'll be a good fight. It'll be a good fight. Any one, Garcia, any one of those three, right? Any, any one, of, one the, of those three is going to be a dynamite fight. It, I think it will really test Mikey Garcia and, too. Oh no doubt, he, the the power, yeah. the power the coming power. from the one hundred foot. That's the big thing right. you just said. These guys are punching. Uh, as welterweights, even though Terence Crawford, don't don't forget, he, he's he's just settling into the welterweight division too, and I think that uh, you know it's a lot, it's a lot to be said. Maybe his best bet of the three is Terence Crawford. I I, I don't know, um, but uh, I think I think uh, any one of those three opponents would be a very good test for Mikey Garcia and a very good challenge. For some reason. I have in my mind, I, I feel Errol Spence might be a little bit too much for him. 
Well, I, you know, I could see him getting past the other two. I don't know about or I don't know about, I don't know about getting by any of them. Uh, well, maybe no, Keith. I, Thurman. I, I, see, I've know, lost I've lost enough. a lot I've lost a lot of respect for Keith Thurman. He he's so he, he's a guy that that has just left uh, the 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 room. You know, I mean, he ju he just has. You got guys like Errol Spence, uh, Terence Crawford. You know, wanting the fight, making fights happen, and then you have Keith Thurman, who you know he's he's an excuse maker. As far as that, I agree with what you just said a couple of minutes ago. Maybe the best shot for, for Mikey Garcia would be against Terrence Crawford. But really, Terrence Crawford, Errol Spence, or Keith Thurman, all big tests for Mikey Garcia. Uh, so tests. it's good. Now, getting back to Josh Kelly, uh, I think it's, it is a, a, a dangerous fight for him. But I think uh, this kid uh, wants to prove that he belongs. And, and, you know, there's nothing better than proving it against a guy like Carlos Molina. Uh, he, Jesse also says, the reason I said Oscar to move up and wait is because Robert Garcia was uh, at the fight and saw Oscar struggling to make the weight. He said he looked drained. Robert Jr. said uh, he has to move up and wait. Uh, well, if he's struggling to make weight, that's a different story. Um, you know, it's just to move them, to constantly have fighters moving up, um, you know, unless they can't make weight or unless it's just a huge money fight at a higher division, there's no reason. He says, what's your thoughts on uh, Shohanahan uh, Ergashev? And I apologize. I, I know I just destroyed this poor guy's name. But uh, he is a junior welterweight. Uh, now fighting out of Brooklyn, five foot ten and a half, twenty six years old. That is Southpaw, eleven and zero with eleven knockouts. He's ranked at number four in the world. His last fight, he, he stopped uh, eighteen and zero Sonny Fredrickson at the Turning Stone Resort and Casino, a fight that I was not uh, ringside for. So uh, yeah, uh, he's a good fighter uh, to keep an eye on for sure. I got another email. I'm going to squeeze in real quick. Uh, this one uh, is from uh, my man Matt Quinn, and Matt says. Uh, Yesterday at lunch, Billy C., I read fantastic news. The top rank made the lomachenko Linares fight. Hats off to Bob Arum and De La Hoya for making a great fight. I'll have to uh, bust out the checkbook for that beauty. In a seven-day span during May, we're going to get to see Triple G, Canelo, Yusik, Gassiev, Lomachenko, and Linares. He says, in my lifetime, I can't think of a... Uh, slate of boxing that stacked within that short of a period of time. This news followed your show's discussion on the resurgence of uh, boxing post Mayweather. This was my exact sentiment from wow. an email a few weeks ago. Uh, last weekend, I watched nine hours of boxing on television. Uh, does it get any better than that? Uh, having so wow. much of our beloved sport available so easy. I put the fights on at bars, and people around me want to see Garcia, Progress, Valdez again. Lomachenko is slowly becoming a must-follow for friends of mine. Uh, and a Twitter star. Uh, fans have taken notice. I can only hope to continue to get spoiled and encourage fight fans to keep introducing sports fans to these great fighters. Three quick questions for you guys. One, have you heard whether Horn Crawford is on pay-per-view? I read a rumor on boxing. I'm not going to mention the site. I almost did. Uh, but I'm sh unsure that uh, he said that uh, I'm sure that it was going to be a pay-per-view. I think I'm one of the few people who even order uh, Crawford P Postal. Uh, one of these things about this recent boxing resurgence that has been a lack of pay-per-views. Sadly, I would still buy it if it was. I figure I owe Bob for that amazing Valdez bout. I, you know, I don't know if it's a pay-per-view or not. I, I, I agree. I love the fact that we're not having to pay. And they did learn a valuable lesson about Crawford. Uh, but uh, we'll have to wait and see. 
Uh, he says, how mad must HBO be to have lost uh, uh, Smith Ali on May 12th and not, or to have uh, Smith and Ali, that's uh, Saddam Ali, on May 12th and not Lomachenko and Linares, or maybe Peter Nelson uh, is so uh, oblivious, it doesn't matter. Lomachenko Linares is about, I'm so excited about it, I nearly jumped out of my seat at work. I'll pony up hundreds to see it live. Uh, Smith and uh, Saddam Ali is a who's who of future, Heard or Charlo, uh, cannon fodder. Um, yeah, I, I, the fight was already made, so I could see that uh, HBO, uh, uh, they had already made the uh, uh, Smith and uh, Saddam Ali fight. He says, does Mikey Garcia dance around 135-pound division to avoid the big fights? I'm a huge Mikey fan, but I feel he's avoided some potentially great bouts, uh, fights since Broner, maybe. However, the lure of major payday or pay-per-views can smoke him out. Uh, yeah, we, we talked about that today. He's got some big names, big fights, and big test for himself uh, at the higher weights. Uh, so he says, P.S., what's the date for the Billy C. event? I'm busy this summer with marlin fishing, uh, but we'd love to try to squeeze it in. I hear the redfish down there in Georgia are great. Yeah, I will get the dates, and we definitely want you there, Matt. Come on. And I have one question for Matt, Sal. How come I'm not being invited to his marlin fishing well, trip? Well, I mean, come on. He, he can see some marlin right here because we're going to invite down Marlon Starlin. That's right, Marlon Starlin. But uh, anyway, hey, listen, uh, Matt, thanks for the email. We look forward to uh, seeing you down there. Uh, drop me an email. I'll get you on the list. And if you need another partner to come on down for marlin fishing, just let me know. Hey, listen, I'm going to take a short break. Sal, we're kicking you to the curb. We oh, will uh, be coming back uh, to... Uh, um, with Larry Hazard, and then we got the blast from the past coming up. So uh, don't go anywhere. I'll be back in two. Billy C will be right back. Hey, fight fans. Check out KOFantasyBoxing.com. KO Fantasy Boxing is boxing's only trademarked fantasy game. Check it out, www.KOFantasyBoxing.com. Select your own gym, your own fighters. Track them through a season that can last from three months to a year, depending upon which league you join. You got to check this out, man. www.kofantasyboxing.com. Join it today. Again, www.kofantasyboxing.com. And tell them Billy C sent you. The one, the only, Don King. Makes me feel good, Billy, to have you, the number one show in the country, talking boxing with Billy. So I invite each and every American that's listening to this great show to tune in. So we want you to be there with Billy and me. Now back to Talking Boxing with Billy C., the only radio host man enough to take a punch from Mike Tyson. Wait a minute, man. Hold, hold, hold on there. Jeremy, man, uh, I need you to take this one, all right? Wait, what? What? No way. I, I, I can't do this. Need I remind you I'm Billy C., damn it? Now put on that mustache and get in there. Hey, hey, look at me. I'm Billy C. <laughs> Crap. The undisputed heavyweight champion of boxing talk radio. It's Talking Boxing with Billy C. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're watching and listening to the Billy C. Show. Uh, glad you could be with us. And uh, joining us right now uh, is Boxing Hall of Famer and uh, New Jersey Boxing Commissioner, my man, uh, Larry Hazard. Good morning, Larry. Hey, good morning, Billy. How you making out today, my man? Good, good. Real cold out here, man. What's that? 
I said it's pretty cold out here, but I'm doing great. Yeah, what do they say? March goes in like a lion, goes out like a lamb. I, I hope I just can't wait for it to leave. I mean, uh, this this whole March character is really uh, putting a, a, a whooping on me, man. That's for sure. But uh, uh, in any event, a bunch of stuff to talk to you about today, Larry. So let's get rolling. First and foremost, uh, Dan, uh, Mikey Garcia. Uh, improved to 38-0 this past weekend uh, when he beat uh, a tough Sergi Lipinets uh, in uh, in Texas. Um, I, you know, Mikey Garcia, I love him. I, I mean, the reason why he wins these fights is because when an opponent lands three punches on him, Garcia comes back and lands six on his opponent. He never seems to want to let an opponent win a round, and I like that. I, I think a, a lot of fighters should should uh, take a look at that and, and copy that. What was your thoughts on his p performance? Well, I thought his performance was excellent once again. You know, real fighters come to fight. And like you said, you know, you you hit Mikey Garcia with two shots. He comes back and hits you with three or four. This is how he keeps himself ahead, of, uh, you know, ahead in the fight. And he's got great lateral movement. He's strong. You know, he's well-schooled, and, uh, you know, he goes to the top of the list as one of my favorites, always has been, you know. So, I mean, you know, some of these up-and-coming young fighters could take a page out of Mikey's book. You know, here's a guy who really knows his craft. He goes out there to get the job done, and uh, he comes away a winner every time. So Mikey Garcia is one of the great ones. There's there's no doubt about that, and and I love even uh, we were talking about earlier. Now he's talking about uh, moving up to 147. I I I compared him to your favorite fighter, Sugar Ray Leonard, because oh, yeah. what's he doing? He says I'm going to move up to 147, and he's got three names on his list: Errol Spence. Uh, Terrence Crawford or that guy I, 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 I haven't seen him in the ring so long I forget his name oh that's right Keith Thurman Keith Thurman and, and he's calling out those top three welterweights that's something Sugar Ray Leonard did I mean that my friend is something that separates ordinary fighters from great fighters that's right you see he went, he's, he's moving up he's not running away from uh, the challenges he's moving up to meet the challenges and he's calling out the, the top guys because here's a guy who really thinks that he's the best and he wants to prove to the boxing world that, you know, that he's right, that he's the best fighter pound for pound in boxing. That's what he believes, and he's willing to go out and try to prove that. And that's what I like about a fighter. Well, the only way you can, that, you know, that in boxing, it's easy to prove you're the best. You don't need to pound your chest and, and tell anyone that will listen that you're the best. All you got to do is step in the ring and prove it. And uh, and he does that. And I agree with you there. Um, Oscar Valdez uh, won a, uh, uh, I mean, I, the, the best word I could choose to describe was a brutal fight between uh, himself and Scott Quigg at the end of the fight. Uh, you know, there were a lot of uh, busted up uh, bones and, and, and from both Ooh. fighters. Oscar Valdez uh, uh, ended up with a, uh, a broken uh, uh, jaw in that. It was uh, subsequently wired shut. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I, I give this kid a lot of credit. I, I love his style. 
What's your thoughts of Valdez? I mean, there's rumor that he wants to move up, but uh, uh, what's your thoughts of, of him and Scott Quigg, which didn't make weight, and that's going to be a segue in, into another question I have. But what was your thoughts on the Valdez fight? Well, I thought it was a terrific fight. I thought it was a terrific fight. Um, my son was judging. Uh, I thought that his score was a little, a little off. I mean, I thought the fight was a little closer. Although he got the right winner, I, I thought the fight was a little closer. But you know, I'd like to see Valdez improve a little bit on, a little bit more on his defense. You know, I uh, in the beginning, I had the fighters confused. You know, I didn't know. Wait, Valdez. They were talking about Valdez, Valdez. And I'm thinking that Valdez was the other guy. So that that proves that uh that that uh he was really winning the fight because I was saying to myself, Well, I don't know what fight they're looking at, but I had the fighters confused. Okay? So they were really talking about Valdez when I was thinking that Valdez was the other guy, you know. And um I just think that I'd like to see him improve a little bit more on his defense. Okay, he a fighter of his of his style and his caliber shouldn't come out of a fight and busted up the way he was. You know, I, I think that's a lack of defense. Even though I think he dished out a little bit more punishment than he than he received, I think that if he works a little bit more on, on his defense, that uh, you know his career. Uh, could be extended a little bit because the punishment that he took in that fight, even though uh, he was the winner of the fight, you know, too many fights like that can really shorten the career. So I don't. I hope that he doesn't make a habit of going in and um, coming out of fights every fight like that. But I think he's a good fighter. Uh, he's talking about moving up again. You know, he's proving that, uh, you know, he wants to fight the best. And that, uh, that's what I like to see in, in, in these up uh, uh, in these fighters, especially these, these guys who are really trying to come up and comers and make names for themselves. You know, you got to go out and challenge the, the best that's out there, and this is what the fans want to see. But I think that he um, could develop into a much greater fighter if he works more on his defense. I think I think what and and you're right about the announcing team. I I don't know if they knew who was who because, you know, when they were talking at first, I thought that that Freddie Roach moved into Valdez's corner the way they were talking about him and his weight issues, and then it turned out that it was Scott Quigg they were talking about, and and you know, and then right. I see Freddie, and I didn't even notice Freddie Roach in there. But in any event, I think uh, what happens with Valdez is that he. Um, he 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 gets lured into a uh, into a brawl quickly, and the knock on him is that he kind of runs out of gas, and um, you know he's he's hit the canvas before. So I I think you're right. I agree with you that he needs to settle down a little bit uh, in the ring and and learn to break his opponents down uh, a little before he goes in for the kill. It seems like he goes in for the kill. Uh, very quickly. And speaking of going in for the kill, on Friday night, Regis Progra destroyed Julius Ndongo. Uh, this is a guy that says, thank God that Floyd's out. Let's make uh, uh, boxing exciting again. And he's backing up his words. Um, the one thing I, I noticed in this fight, and I want to move on, was that Julius Ndongo just didn't seem right from the very beginning, Larry. He, he got rocked with a body shot. He's in the corner. 
he didn't look like he was even able to come out. I, I was shocked that his corner didn't notice the grimacing on his face. I mean, I'm watching from my living room, and I'm going, this guy's not right. He's clearly in some kind of pain, and subsequently he was knocked out uh, in the second round. Uh, what was your thoughts on that fight and the corner of uh, Indongo? Well, uh, again, you know, you got these brave corners, okay? And, and I agree with you on that point. Something wasn't right about the guy. I don't know if it came from body shot or whatever, but it was quite obvious that something wasn't right, but yet the corner seems to uh, ignore it, and there was no remedy for what was happening. And uh, you saw what happened eventually. You know, and once again, you know, when the corner, when the corner is really not, in my opinion, uh, taking, taking charge and really following what's happening in there and giving out the proper instructions, I don't see how you can expect the fighters to do well in, under those circumstances. And I think this was a, a good case of that. Yeah, I, I couldn't understand what the deal was. Uh, with them, but uh, I, I agree. They they thought they were too tough. Uh, you know, they're a lot tougher. Not you know, in the corner. But uh, all right, let me jump to a couple of topics that have come up this week that I, I've been chomping at the bit uh, to ask you. First and foremost, Triple G had tested positive for performance enhancing drugs, um, not once but twice. He since then has tested clean. I don't know enough about performance-enhancing drugs, uh, Larry, and I and I purposely don't want to start to learn because it's so extensive. I, you know, I, my whole day would have to be dedicated to it to keep uh, to keep up to date. But what I have gathered is that the reason why he would have taken this chance uh, would be to improve his stamina um, while he's, you know, doing road work and getting ready to start his training camp. So he comes in kind of ahead of the game. But my point here is if he tested positive, and, and which even was worse was that the WBC incorporated this Clean Boxing Act, they were the first ones to step up and endorse uh, trip, I mean, uh, uh, Canelo. I, I, I uh, mistakenly mentioned Triple G, but uh, uh, Canelo... Uh, and, and you know, if I'm Triple G, I tell them I don't want to fight Canelo. He tested positive. They, they, they should, there should be some kind of a consequence for him. There has to be. What's your thoughts in this, if you were in this position, if you were the gutless Bob Bennett and, and you had to make a decision here? I mean, it's in the contract. They're not supposed to test positive. This guy tests positive. I mean, to me, it should be, that's it. You're done. What's your thoughts? Well, you, you're absolutely correct. But, again, we have to always be reminded, Billy, money rules in the sport of boxing. I guess money rules in a lot of things. But it's quite evident, you know, maybe in more than a lot of other things, that in the sport of boxing, money is king. When it comes down to place like, uh, you know, Nevada that has a lot of big name fights, big high profile fights brings in a lot of money and the sanctioning organizations have a great deal of influence and so if the sanctioning organizations decide that it's okay to fight a goal you know, then you know, the commissions just go along with it. That's just the way it is. 
Because if you don't, if you don't allow it in your state, it's going to take it somewhere else, and all of that money is going to, you know, just go. You're going to kiss all that money goodbye. It's all a money thing. That's that's really what that comes down to. But that's not. But the but, right thing. No. It's not the right thing, and and the, and and the sad part is, you get some schlump that tests positive, uh, and then he's banned for a year, and you get a big name, a guy that can bring in money, and everybody all of a sudden uh, sweeps it under the rug. I, it, to me, well, well, Larry, the only way, the only way to clean the sport is to. Take make people and hold them accountable for it. A big name like like Canelo being reprimanded and suspended for X amount of time, whatever the case may be, sends a, a, a loud and clear signal to everyone. Don't cheat in my state. Don't cheat if you're going to be part of my clean act. Don't cheat if you put in a contract. You know, I, I mean, you have to make a stand. Otherwise, it's completely BS. I mean, I... You know, I don't want to, I don't want to, if, if, yeah, same thing with Floyd Mayweather. You know, all of this stuff with him that they closed their eyes to because of the revenue stream he brings in. That's not right. And let's be fair. We talk about safety of the fighters all the time. It's not safe for the opponent. You, hey, you are, you're preaching to the choir. You are preaching to the choir. Okay. And like you say, if you really want to send a message, then you will send a, a message loud and clear if you grab one of the big names in the sport who uh, cheats and does that, especially with these drugs. And the WBC with their clean act and clean drugs and all, that's all bullshit rhetoric, man. Money rules, the sanctioning fees, the, the revenue streams, you know, that's and you're right. You're absolutely right. If you really want to clean it up, you should be chopping at the bit for one of these big names to get busted with the drugs so that you could really send the message. And they fail to do that. And and so it's going to go on and on and on. It's with the meat. Where's the beef? That's all. You know, so I... he's gonna, you know, he's going to be reprimanded. He's going to pay a fine or... He's going to do this and that, and he's going, and the fight goes on. The beat goes on, and we move on to the next. Yeah, but but look look at look at the other look at the other long term repercussions it it brings in. If let's say they let it happen, which most likely they are for all the reasons you just said, really money. That's the only reason. And, and let's say they let it happen. Everybody's happy. They throw Triple G some more money. Guess what else they just created. A built-in excuse for Triple G if he loses. If he loses, he's going to turn around and say, well, Canelo was on steroids. You know, I mean, uh, you know, this and that. So, I mean, at least you eliminate so much of the BS by just following the rules that were laid out. You know, and the joke of it all, it always seems that the guy who's crying for the, for the uh, test, the guy who's crying for cleaning up the sport is the guy who always gets caught cheating, you know. And and I don't want to hear about this tainted beef one more time. I had gotten some statistics that a cyclist uh, took the same stuff, Clinton Butenroll or whatever, however you say it, and uh, uh, they found something like 50 picograms in his system, and he was not allowed to compete. That the uh, that the committee felt that that was way too much, and that it would. 
you know, enhance his performance. Well, well, Canelo tested in the hundreds of the picogram uh, measurement, and they still are deciding what they're going to do. So, I, to me, it is 100% clear of what you said. It's about the money, so they're going to put a fighter, you know, put his safety at risk so that they can make uh, sanctioning fees or... or uh, tax revenue or whatever the revenue streams are from the fight. It's just not right. I mean, you can't complain about cleaning up the sport and then turning your back when, when you have an opportunity to. Hey, I agree with you 100%. But I tell you this, the fight goes on. Oh, yeah. The fight will go on. Oh, it, yeah. it has to. I get it, you know, but it's a shame. And, uh, you know, the same thing with the raps. They were putting the tape on the bare skin, which, you know, I've never seen that allowed. But, uh, you know, uh, hopefully uh, they'll get it all straight. And, uh, you know, I just don't want to open up excuse doors. That's all. Because I can't stand when you hear someone say, listen, I don't want to make an excuse, but. And then you're like, oh, God, here comes the excuse, you know. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's warming, warming yeah. up, you know. Yeah, I don't want to make an I don't want to make an excuse for my performance tonight. But you know he's a cheater. You know, but uh, anyway, uh, going along those same lines, uh, Larry, you know uh, the penalties for overweight fighters. It just seems that overweight fighters have been coming in much too much lately, and and I personally blame it on the fact that we have uh, the day before weigh-ins, and and fighters are trying to dot you know drain themselves to gain an edge, and really on come fight night, and you and I have talked about this many, many times, come fight night, we don't have realistic uh, weight classes inside the ring. Generally, they're fighting uh, at least two weight classes above what they're contracted to. Um, you know, do you feel that they should become uh, strict with the penalties for a fighter coming in overweight, or do you think that there's a better solution? Because in my opinion, a, a, a better solution um is to have same day weigh-ins and, and then yeah if a fighter comes in uh, overweight on the same day then then have a strict penalty but i think uh i think same day weigh-ins it's time to bring them back what, what's your thoughts on overweight penalties and the possibility of bringing a same day weigh-in back well i love the way you i love the way you ask the question ask me the question and then you steal my answer <laughs> you know right? you're absolutely right you're absolutely right. Same day weigh-in. If it ain't if it ain't broke, there's nothing to fix. You we never had this problem for what for generations. For generations, there was never really weight problems in boxing. Oh, every now and then you had one of the the fighters come in a little overweight. I'm talking about going back to the old days, you know. Because that's our model anyway. So what happens? We change. We go in. The one thing that really I never ceases to amaze me in the sport of boxing is that we're always looking for things to break so that we can take credit for fixing it. So what they did when Dooku Kim died, somebody had to find something to break to fix. And so the WBC, Suleiman, and some of the other you know, brains decided out in love. It happened in Vegas, really, where where it really started. That oh well, you know, we should change the uh, the weigh-ins to the night before because somebody had seen Dooku Kim out on 
Las Vegas Boulevard the morning of in a rubber suit trying to lose weight. Well, from just from that one incident, we changed a whole system that has been working for hundreds of years. And look what we got today. See, what, we, what we're getting now is the fallout from all of that. All of these weight problems, all of these um, uh, different uh, remedies that uh, these, combat, these con, 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 uh, combatants are trying to uh, initiate to lose weight, you know, uh, dehydrating. And, uh, you know, I'm just getting sick of this weight stuff. And it's all because we changed the weigh-in. Let's go back the same day weigh-in and see if that doesn't help the situation. So I'm with you 100% on that. Same day weigh-in, okay, because nothing was wrong with it before. Of course, the old-time fighters fought more regularly, okay, and that helped them to stay in weight. And then they had a whole code of discipline of how they lived when they were out of the ring, they wasn't going around drinking and eating all kinds of uh, food that was unhealthy, putting on all all this weight. You know, they took pride in being fighters, so they stayed away. They, you know, they had good dietary habits, and they kept their weight at the weight that they were supposed to fight in. So now, you know, we got this whole monster of dealing with overweight fighters. Fighters dehydrating, causing all kinds of health and safety issues. So let's go back to the same day weigh-in. Let's at least try it. Let's go back and try it and see if that doesn't help to remedy this situation. I, I agree 100%. And not only that, you know, you bring up some great points. And I've said this all uh, for a long time. You know, back years ago, boxing was a trade. You know, when you decided to become a, a fighter, you, you know, your whole your life, you, you know, seven days a week you were a fighter. You know, it's like if you're a carpenter, you're a carpenter, you know, all the time. You know, you're not a carpenter one day and a lawyer the next, you know, if you're doing it full time. Well, the same thing as a fighter. And you make a great point that if you, if it's a trade, you're you're in shape all the time. So, so often now, fighters do, uh, you know, they box as a sideline. And it takes most of their training camp to get into shape. Uh, versus working on a, a game plan. The one thing I've always given Floyd Mayweather credit for is that he's always maintained a good physical shape. So when he finally signed for a fight, you know, he focused his whole training camp on the game plan and on fine-tuning things. He never had to worry about losing weight and, and, and getting in shape because he already was in shape. And a lot of fighters don't That's do right. that. You know, and, and I think that the... The greed factor of the television networks uh, also played a part in having the weigh-ins a day before. Uh, in, in the event that a fighter doesn't make weight, you know, they have time for a last-minute sub or, or to, you know, uh, play some games with, uh, with, the, with the fight itself to make sure that the, uh, the broadcast still happens. Well, they could line all of that stuff up uh, in play now in the event, or they could have a, a pre-weigh-in to make sure that the fighter's on track uh, a week before or something like that. But I'm with you. Uh, not only should we have same-day weigh-ins, it would it would give us a true representation of the weight classes again. So uh, uh, I, I'm with you, and, and, and I, I think it would be safer for the fighters. And it would force... It would force fighters to become fighters as a as a trade again, you know. I mean, they had they can't possibly 
you know, just count on drying themselves out for 20 pounds to get on a scale and then start drinking fluids uh, afterwards. And, and I mean, I look at the Charlo brothers, I still can't believe they're even middleweights, you know? I mean, they look they look twice the yeah. size, you know? But uh, uh, yeah. in any event. Hey, Larry, next week uh, when we have you come back on, uh, if I don't uh, uh, remind you, you remind me. I, I want to... Uh, extensive uh, description and, and explanation of how the replay system works in the state of New Jersey. We had a lot of discussion about that uh, over the last several shows, and I'm out of time now, but, uh, you know, I, I want to know how you guys incorporate it uh, in New Jersey, and, um, you know, we want to discuss why it's so good for the sport. I, I'm all for it. And, uh, you know, I, I, I get aggravated when I hear commentators say we should have it. And no one mentions that Larry Hazard has it in New Jersey. So, uh, uh, you know, we'll, uh, we'll talk about that next week, all right? Okay. Okay, Billy. All right, Larry, you stay warm, my friend, and I'll talk to you soon. Okay, buddy. All right. Take care. That's uh, Boxing okay. Hall of Famer Larry Hazard giving us his thoughts on uh, the uh, performance-enhancing drug issue with Canelo versus Triple G, uh, the overweight penalties, easy remedy, have same-day weigh-ins, still have a penalty, but uh, let's cause the fighters, let's have the fighters uh, be conscious of their weight even when they're not waiting for a fight. Maybe if they went back to fighting a little more frequently, uh, maybe these uh, uh, issues with the weight wouldn't happen. Hey, listen, I'm going to take a short break. When I come back, we're scheduled to have uh, Alex Perpali join us for this week's Blast from the Past, which is not on a fighter. It's on a promoter, Bob Arum. Don't go anywhere. Billy C will be right back. Part of the Billy C Boxing Network. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to talking Boxing with Billy C. He may not have an Excellence in Broadcasting Award, but the night's still young. And he's got martinis. So you never know what may be by morning. By morning. It's talking Boxing with Billy C. Talking Boxing with Billy C. Now back to Billy, Billy C. C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're watching and listening to the Billy C Show. Glad you could be with us today. And it's that time again. Our blast from the past uh, is our longest-running segment. We are in our 15th year, so do the math. Uh, this week's blast from the past, which is being brought to us by KOFantasyBoxing.com. Check out the website, www.kofantasyboxing.com, and join today and it's also being brought to us in part by the Title Bout Championship computer game. The same game that my man Alex Perpali uses uh, for uh, this segment and our new segment, Billy C's uh, Magic Boxing Machine. Uh, so uh, download the game today. Visit BillyCBoxing.com to get it. Uh, today's uh, Blast from the Past, which we have a, 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 a quite a, a large list, and we encourage you, anybody that you would like to see, us do a blast on just drop me an email billy at talking boxing t-a-l-k-i-n-b-o-x-i-n-g dot com uh features uh 
Well, a listener gave us uh, uh, an outside-the-box request, uh, similar to what we've been doing the last couple of weeks. We had a couple of venues on tap, and uh, today we have a, uh, a promoter or a lawyer or a nutcase. I don't know how you look at him, but what we have is a Hall of Famer, Bob Arum, as our blast from the past today, and joining us to tell us all about Mr. Bob Arum is Mr. Alex Perpali. Good morning, Alex. Good morning, Billy C. How are you? Oh, I'm doing okay, my man. I'm doing okay. Uh, so you're loving these uh, thought processes outside the box? We get a venue. We get, a, you know, a promoter now. I mean, who are we going to get next? The guy who was selling uh, beers on at the corner? News. No, we, we used to think it was great when we had uh, old-time fighters that were newspaper boys. Being a, a newspaper guy was a tough trade back in the days. That's right. Maybe at some point we'll get... Uh... Uh, t-shirt vendors. Yeah, they gotta have a they gotta have an area that they cover, right? Hey, that's my section. Get out of the nosebleeds. That's my section, you know. But uh, anyway, Bob Arum uh, was our uh, blast today. Uh, people know him uh, mostly from uh, uh, Top Rank. Uh, tell us about Mr. Arum. Yeah, Bob Arum. Uh, his actual his birth name is Robert Morris Arum. Uh, he was born in uh, New York City, and uh, his birthday is December 8th, 1931. Um, by no means is, are we going to be able to do this guy justice because he's been involved in the sport um, since uh, 1966 was uh, his first um, promotion was uh, George George Shavalo versus Muhammad Ali, which he actually financed on his Diners Club card. Uh, but yeah, as you said, uh, he grew up in the uh, Crown Heights section of uh, New York City. He's uh, Orthodox Jewish. Um, he uh, attended um, Erasmus High School in New York City and then, um, uh, I mean, in New York, yeah, and then NYU and eventually Harvard Law School. And um, he's very intelligent. As a matter of fact, um, um, he just, uh, there's a book now that I want to read or play at least. I was watching an interview with him with Chris Mannix uh, of Sports Illustrated seems to have done several good interviews, both a print one and a uh, video that's on YouTube. Uh, it must have been right before the Manny Pacquiao uh, Mayweather fight, which was by far the most difficult in his life to make from what he said. Um, and in that uh, clip, he uh, um, you'll like it too, Billy C, actually, because he mentions how Floyd Mayweather is a megalomaniac. And he said, you cannot understand Floyd's character unless you read Eugene O'Neill's Emperor Jones. So immediately I'm like, OK, well. You know, I majored in English, so to me, it's like, okay, that's on the list now. We must read Emperor Jones. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, very bright guy. Uh, started out as a um, Wall Street lawyer. Uh, so, of course, you know, this is he's one of the guys. I mean, as, because we know our sport, it's, you know, like, like we talked a couple of weeks ago when we talked about John L. Sullivan, our sport's a renegade sport. Um, the great, I believe it's Jack Newfield quote, is uh, boxing's the only jungle where the lions, the fighters, are afraid of the rats, the promoters. So, of course, you know, now in today's polarized world, especially with, um, you know, fake news and the Internet and all that, um, you tend to either be a Bob Arum fan 
or a Don King fan or an Al Heyman fan, uh, you tend to run into that in a lot of people, especially young fans today, usually whose you know, only frame of reference is Floyd Mayweather's career. Uh, they, of course, look at Bob Arum as a villain. Um, but, you know, uh, he's been involved in the sport uh, for better or for worse and largely for better um, as uh, for, uh, like I said, since 1966, BoxRec has him uh, promoting 1,229 events. And uh, most recently, of course, was this weekend's Oscar Valdez Scott Quigg fight, which was a hell of a fight. And um, he, uh, like I said, he got into boxing with the George Cervalo fight with Ali. And part of why, you know, putting that fight together, that fight ended up happening in Canada. It was, I believe it was the first fight after um, Ali's comment uh, that he has no quarrel with the Viet Cong. So it was a hard one to put together here in the United States. And Aram took it to Canada. Um, you know, well, he, uh, George Chavallo made it easy to, to take it to Canada, too. Of course, there. that was part of it. <laughs> but, but, you know, that you mentioned Don King, and, and we're actually, he's up next week. But, uh, um, oh, you know, Bob, Bob, I know, I know. Bob Arum uh, and and Don King have, have been on a parallel. I mean, uh, they both uh, call each other, uh, you know, the negative part of the sport. And uh, they're both uh, very well advanced in age, 86 years old. I think I think Don is 86 as well. Um, you know, but uh, they've survived hating each other. They've even worked together on numerous occasions. Uh, but even as recently as earlier this week, Don King took a couple of jabs at, at Bob Arum. Bob Arum uh, famously uh, once said, uh, no, I, I, I was lying yesterday, but today I'm telling the truth. You know, I, I mean, so but he continues uh, bringing some big fights. And, and, you know, one of the things that I, I look at, I, I know he was a lawyer and I know he's had this. A uh, great history of the sport, um, you know, in the sport, I should say, and he, he's worked with some of the best fighters of all time. Uh, but but one of the, the things that uh, I'd really admire about him um, was something that he's done recently over the last several years, over the last decade, I should say. Uh, and, you know, he's kind of focused, uh, concentrating on the Hispanic fighters. And, you know, people might look at that in a negative way, but the reason is the basis of what made Bob Arum so successful, and that's his business sense. And his business sense shows that survey after survey after survey shows that the Hispanic fighter are the bigger draws. They have the more loyal fans. They have the, the fighters that are generally more interesting and more exciting to watch. Uh, how has that really helped Bob Arum and Top Rank stay at the top? I mean, let's face it. They're one of the top uh, promotional companies in the world today. Something Don King can't say uh, as of uh, 2018. Right. Well, I think that's I think you're absolutely right. I think he's always had a very good um, business sense. And what you need if you're um, selling a product uh, like boxing um, even though it's boxers that uh, jet, that kind of make our sport go and boxing itself doesn't have any uh, entity that promotes the sport for itself. You know, there's not there's not like Major League Baseball or NFL that's promoting all the sport. Um, promoters promote individual fighters or fights. Uh, top rank has always looked at that a little differently 
because you're right. They've cultivated, they see where their fan base is and they've cultivated that. You see that with both the Latino market uh, and especially now, um, both with, uh, you know, the Far East market with uh, Manny Pacquiao, the Filipino, who um, he turned into a mega star, and um, China. Um, he, Top Rank, has been doing a lot of business in China. Um, I mean, there's such a, um, they're try if you could make um, boxing become one of the top sports in China, then that's a tremendous audience you have there. Um, so yeah, I think they've, they've definitely been wise in that sense. Um, but they're also, they've been involved, uh, with some of the biggest names in the sport. And that happened right at the beginning. Uh, that was one of the things there's, uh, between, uh, King and Heyman and Aram, um, these guys are all calling each other racist all the time. Uh, so that's very common. So a lot of the things here, uh, what, what I'll share, uh, I'm sure people sitting there in chat rooms could fire off their, um, uh, you know, flame wars if they want. Uh, but this is interesting stuff because, you know, this is the nature of boxing. I, I don't know. To me, that's why boxing and politics and uh, sport and politics have always been linked. And if you look at... Um, uh, Aram's career, uh, there is a couple of interesting things. He had a connection to Roy Cohn, who was the lawyer uh, who was uh, at one point Donald Trump's lawyer. He also is friendly with Sheldon Adelson, who I'm sure Coach uh, has heard that name. Sheldon Adelson, a famous, uh, he's sort of the Koch brothers version, but on the Democratic uh party side uh so and he's actually aram has had uh back and forth nastiness um with don king because king has supported trump and uh um aram uh does not like trump at all now the aram i think was disgusted with trump even before he ran for president because um trump uh, sabotaged a deal with um, the Foreman versus Holyfield fight in Atlantic City. Uh, you know, there's bitter blood from that. Uh, but he did not. He was he was no uh, fan of um, of uh, the Donald's uh, campaign for presidency. And there's a couple you could find some interviews on on uh, YouTube of them t saying stuff about them each other. But in terms of race relations over the years, that was another thing that at point at at times Don King called uh, Aram apartheid Aram because he did work in South Africa. There was one of the things that um, he he claims that he knew that um, uh, that he got a you know a, an assurance that they were going to uh, integrate the stadium, um, and he said that in an interview when he got to Pretoria, and then I guess the uh, government official said, uh, "No, there's no way the stadium's being um, integrated." And this was for the uh, John Tate versus Jerry Coetzee fight, and um, but Aram's just by his you know mouth and sort of. Uh, saying things, and this seems like he's done this a few times, where you go to the press with a story about a deal that's done, um, even though it might not be done in order to leverage one or more parties. Um, 
And that's kind of what he did. And they did integrate the stadium. And then not only that, afterwards, he went to uh, some group got him uh, interested in, you know, racing, horse racing. So they went to a track and um, he uh, bet on a few horses and he did well. And then they said, hey, you know, we got to ask you a favor. Um, Since you're doing so well here, we wonder if maybe you could... uh, see you know help us to get this stadium um the horse racing stadium integrated uh and he did he uh did a press conference about it and it generated um uh a lot of buzz and he was very proud of that um you know of course that's one of those things that um you know the the race card they get he's he's caught moments of that where um it's funny one of the places where he's been discriminated against himself or at least you know slurred uh was against evil with evil Knievel which was a surprising one to me he was involved in remember when uh evil Knievel tried to jump that uh, snake river uh Aram promoted that I know you just you just stole the uh... Uh, my 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 glory I was gonna say I remember watching that as a kid but you know what I did not know that Bob Arum promoted that until I was preparing for this segment uh that was that was pretty cool that 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 he did that um I guess he decided to to to, to stay away I'll never forget that that watching that when evil Knievel did that because he actually made it you know the parachute deployed like on the ramp and then the wind floated him back and made him crash in the canyon. He was well over the canyon when when uh, when the wind started flowing him back. So he actually would have made that jump, brother. Yeah, um, according to this Mannix article, he kind of uh, he kind of balked Knievel. He was a nervous wreck. He was shaking. Uh, he's kind of a nut, and it he definitely. Um, that was one of the things I, I I can't find the quote now in my nut um, in my notes, but um, that was one of the things he said. Uh, Knievel said to Aram uh, when they started working together was, uh, you know, uh, I can't stand um, I can't stand people from Harvard. I can't stand lawyers, and I can't stand Jews. And you're all three. Um, so that gives you an idea of how it was working to him. But I, I guess uh, um, Knievel had even brought. Um, Aram has three children, Richard, John, and and Elizabeth. John, unfortunately, we'll get to that, but John passed away a few years, tragically. Um, But at the time, he had the two sons, and Evil Knievel said, I want you and uh, your sons to come into my trailer. And he talked to them, and he said, now, what? I'm going to jump this canyon. I'm going to try, but I'm going to die. And your father is going to get blamed for killing me. So I want you to know that... uh, I'm doing this on my own. You know, he's not making me do this. Don't feel guilty that that your father uh, promoted this thing that killed me. And um, so then they, the kids were horrified. You know, they're like seven and eight. And um, Aram was like, look, you guys got to go sit next to his family. Knievel insisted on that, that they sit next to his family when he jumped the canyon. So, you know, these two little kids are probably scared. They're like, Dad, they're going to kill us. <laughs> and I guess when, um, uh, if he's going to die, they're going to kill us. And I guess Knievel kind of panicked. And there was a there was a button, like an escape button, that deployed the parachute on that rocket. And he hit it prematurely. So it kind of went off on the launch pad. Um, and I guess um, 
the two Aram boys bolted <laughs> when they saw what happened. They're like, "We're out of here." That's funny. You know, I get he he was he was scared of that one, but he wasn't scared of some. I would have been scared just looking at some of the ramps at Caesar's Palace. I remember as a kid watching him to make those jumps, and some of those jumps at Caesar's Palace, the ramp alone. I, I wouldn't have even wanted to go down, let alone jumping all the buses and cars and everything else he used to. But, uh, yeah, uh, that was uh, a big uh, story at the time that he uh, hit the button and deployed that uh, parachute as he was leaving the launch. And that looked like a – do you remember uh, – I don't know if how many people will remember this, but we there used to be a toy. I think it was called SSP or SST, the, the thing that had like a – like a, a plastic, you'd put it in, it had gears on it, and you'd pull it out, and it would spin the wheel a little bit. Those those looked like uh, the evil Knievel vehicle he used to try to jump Snake River, man. It was like a rocket ship, wasn't it? Yeah, it was very cool. I remember having the lunchbox, and on one side there was, I think, the you know the motorcycle going over you know buses or something, and on the other side was the rocket car that he uh, tried to jump the canyon with. Uh, but one of the things that I thought was uh, that is you know again in this terrific Mannix article um, is. Uh, he he was smart on the fly and all these guys these promoters love him or hate him you know and we do we will get to you know he he does have he was caught um trying to bribe uh you know pay for rankings uh he was paying a hundred thousand dollars to get um uh the actual schultz george foreman fight put together uh to pay the bob lee uh scandal to get him ranked um but um he's very clever in um you know these guys are showmen and there was a point where uh in the, the week of the promotion uh putting together mayweather versus arturo gotti and um the duvas they were having breakfast with the duvas with kathy duva and uh pat lynch and Gotti wasn't coming to the press conference. He was drunk and holed up with a girlfriend. And so Duva was like, I don't know what we're going to do. Aram, in like 30 seconds, he said, I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to have two press conferences. And we're going to say these guys hate each other so much they won't be in the same room together. We'll have two press conferences. We'll have one now with Mayweather, and then we'll have one later when uh, Gotti sobers up. I mean, that kind of thinking on the fly has always worked for him over these years. Uh, and actually, like I said, he had um, uh, really tragically, his son John was an environmental lawyer and big outdoorsman. And he died accidentally in, I guess, a fall uh, hiking um, a few years ago. And um, it was, you know, that's, of course, so such a horrible thing for uh a parent to lose a son, uh, but he—it's it's Todd DeBuff, uh, his stepson, who um, for his third wife, I, I, her, her name is either Lovey or Love, um, and uh, Todd is the son, and um, he's the one who's the current, um, you know, director, I believe, of um, Top Rank. Uh, Todd, yeah, he's the son-in-law, right? Uh, no, he's stepson. Stepson. stepson yeah because uh um bob married his mom um and he uh had been you know this was another kid who was smart in business uh you know aram's own children were never really into boxing um bob himself didn't see a fight until he was in his 30s yeah i knew that's that. a, a i knew that 
was I, a little weird, I thought. Yeah, no, I, I had heard that too. Yeah, and his his son uh, had died uh, more recently than not. But um, yeah, I always thought that Todd, I thought Todd married, I thought his daughter married Todd. Huh, oh, it's something you learn every yeah, day. Yeah, he's the stepson. Uh, his mom uh, and Bob married, and uh, then he got into the business. Hey, I'm going to uh, say something. You know, why don't you come work for me? I'm going to say something, but I'm not going to mention any names or anything, but you're going to know what I'm talking about. Bob's wife reminds me of that wife that you're uh, infatuated. <laughs> you know, I just really? I'm not, oh, I've, it, never, I've never seen a no, 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 not like that. But just that there's definitely some stuff coming out of a a, a container uh, prior oh, yeah. to events. But uh, uh, and any, and let's just leave it at that. But uh, in any event, um, you know, the one thing I want to ask you, Alex, uh, is when Top Rank was uh, formed, the, the the promotional company was formed. Uh, 45 years ago, 1973, um, Bob Aram had a partner, uh, Jabir uh, Hubert uh, Muhammad. Whatever happened to him? Uh, did he pass away and did the did uh, Top Rank just become Ar Arams or did Aram buy him out? I, I, that's something I, I never really knew. Um, I is it the is it the Herbert Muhammad that we hear about so often? Um, I kind of forget how that went down, but he was he the one who was. Jabir Herbert Muhammad, yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, he he did pass away in two thousand eight. I'm just looking quickly here on Wikipedia. Yeah, so maybe um, maybe he his his involvement was just because he passed on. But I had never heard his name mentioned again, except for the early you know in the early years they top rank and you know you would you would hear about the. Uh, you know the 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 hierarchy of of top rank, and his name was mentioned, but I haven't heard his name mentioned in years, twenty years. You know, so I'm wondering if he had sold his stake in in top rank, and Bob Barron bought him out at some point, or if he has been involved, had been involved up until his passing. Uh, it was something I wanted to ask you. I don't know. That's a good question. I you know Herbert Muhammad. He Jabir is the son of Herbert Muhammad, who you hear very often connected to Ali. And, um, and of course, was the son, he was the Nation of Islam founder, Herbert Muhammad. Jabir is his son. So, I mean, that right there, you got to say something about, uh, let's face it, the, um, uh, and Aram kind of jokes about that in the Mannix article, is, you know, one of the first people he works with um, as, as a Jewish person is the Nation of Islam. Uh, Muhammad Ali, he goes, he meets with Herbert Muhammad, uh, and that was one of the things Bob said. He was like, they seemed anti-white. He goes, but I don't know if they could tell a Jew from an Italian. Um, <laughs> so that was the thing about it, was that, you know, it was sort of um, equal opportunity racism uh, that uh, it seemed, um, you know, because uh, these guys are all using race on each other. Uh, at the backstage, I guess at the Tony Sibson Marvin Hagler fight, um, Aram once uh, he caught uh, Don King in the hall talking to Hagler's mother, trying to you know saying something like, "Why do you want a Jew representing you?" You know, so this is one of those things that uh, this is they sort of traffic in um, racial uh, ethnicity and and you know identity. Unfortunately, some things never change, Alex. Well, and, you know? yeah, and if you think about it, that, of course, uh, when we get to Don King, that's a major thing that Don King played on uh, to try to steal 
Mike Tyson away from his his white managers. And it worked. But uh, uh, Alex, great job as usual. Uh, <clears throat> this week's blast from the past on Bob Arum. Uh, as you know, we couldn't punch him into title bout because he's not a fighter, but he's a very successful promoter. Still going strong at 86 years old. Uh, he's got some uh, real good fighters under his tutelage right now, specifically Terrence Crawford probably uh, is the top guy. I mean, Manny Pacquiao and him are seemingly on the way out, but uh, great job as usual. Well, Alex. And, and if you think about it, they just put together an absolutely tremendous fight in uh, Vasil Lomachenko versus Jorge Linares. So uh, top rank still going strong, um, you know, and that's it, it ties into uh, our two last blasts because it's Bob Arum working at the world's most famous arena with um, one of the best fighters, um, you know, we could see today, and that's um, Lomachenko uh, at the Garden. And the best part about Bob Arum, which is so different, with today's promoters, it seems, is that even his worst enemies, a la Don King, and for a while there, Golden Boy, right, he, when the money's, when the money's to be made, enemy. when the money's to be made, eh, I'll hate him tomorrow. Let's do the fight today. We'll hate each other again tomorrow. And, you know, quite honestly, that's the way the world has to work. But yeah, uh, it's ex that's exactly true, and it's um, it, like I said, it, it, there's always a connection of politics, and there's things like you know, Stormy Daniels can bring you know Trump and Kim Jong Un together. Then I say, God bless. Hey, listen, Storm Stormy <laughs> Daniels has looked better in, uh, in in days gone by, so she's she's thinking of her future right now. I think, but uh, <laughs> you know, I, I saw a picture of her. I was like, whoa, how many guys are in that picture? But anyway, hey, listen. Uh, Alex, great job as usual. I'd love to have you come back on later in the week to discuss this steroid thing with uh, with uh, Canelo Alvarez and uh, take a look at the fights this weekend. Amir Aman is fighting. Uh, again, we got a Don King versus uh, Bob Arum uh, matchup taking place this very weekend. So uh, uh, we'll look forward to that. I got to take I'll a break be, I'm going to go down at the uh, taco truck and uh, hopefully I won't get uh, some uh, clembuterol al pastor <laughs> on my uh, taco. Well, if you do, you know you know what you can blame it on. You know? I can use uh, and, it because I, I could use a fat burner. And I know what you, I know what you could start off. You could say, hey, listen, I don't want to make any excuses, but I did have a taco the other day. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, great job as usual. Uh, we'll catch you next week. Well, actually, Hopefully, if you got some time, stop in uh, tomorrow or Friday. Uh, we'll get your thoughts on that other stuff. All right, Billy Steve, take care. That's Alex Papali. You can catch him on Wednesdays. And like I just said, he'll be around, uh, hopefully, uh, tomorrow or Friday. I'm going to take a short break. I'll be back with Sal, Rocky, Senecola. we got some more emails. Don't go nowhere. Billy C. will be right back. Part of the Billy C. Boxing Network. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now. Or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy, Billy C. C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And where? Back. You're watching and listening to the Billy C Show. Glad you could be with us. Uh, we just got done uh, with our blasts from the past this week. Bob Arum, Alex Papali, did a great job. We had Larry Hazard before that, and we are going to address the instant replay, how it works in New Jersey next time. We ran out of time, but guess what? He's back. 
Sal, Rocky, Sani, Cola. What's up, my man? What'd you, what'd you throw down? What did you do? Did you throw down a, a, a breakfast pizza that you keep promising you me about? No what? I did what I threw down. Man. Yeah. I, just, I just grilled a beautiful eight-ounce tuna steak that I was looking at, I was looking at from, uh, since yesterday. And uh, Did you really just it. eat a tuna steak, you bastard? I, you know, it's protein. I'm, I'm on my diet. I'm making a comeback. I'm going to work out the Bowflex real fast. I'm going to go for a nice run, and then I'm going to uh, uh, see how heavy I am. I think I'm in the heavyweight division right J- now. Just make sure Just make sure you run outside. Don't get on that treadmill like we were talking about yesterday, right? Forget about it. I know. Although I do want to get the – should I say it? Don't, the, don't be plugging other things. Come on. I, I, I'm ready to I, move into a refrigerator box because of you, I, man. Come on, easy, man. Easy, easy. Hey, you know – I love your segment with uh, with uh, both Alex and Larry, and uh, I love to hear that Larry also agrees with you and I about that uh, about that same day weigh-in. And uh, well, boy, you know, that, I had, was, that was a refreshing. Hearing. You know, I I had an interesting. I've been I've been our super chat is open, which is uh, uh, in YouTube. Uh, you know, nobody like another weight division. No, nobody's like nobody's done nobody doing? nobody's done it yet. But but the regular chat in YouTube, I've been trying to keep up with as I keep up with all the chats. I'm trying to. Uh, it's hard when when you're my age. But there was a guy um, in uh, in the chat room at, on YouTube, uh, scholar, the scholar of boxing, whatever his name was. I'm, I apologize. I'm, I'm giving him a free shout out here. But you know, he was saying. That he was not, um, uh, he was not. Uh, um, all right, here's a. I, I guess, I guess my man Will just used the super chat, so we got to give Will Magic Man a shout out. He just did a a, a super chat, so uh, uh, that's my man. He's uh, he's he's good. He's good. So we're giving him a shout out. He's doing us a super chat, man. But uh, uh, anyway, he, he you know my, the scholar of boxing. Uh, said that uh, uh, he thought that the weight divisions having a same-day weigh-in would not be good, um, basically because he felt that, you know, guys walk around too much that he felt that it wouldn't be conducive to all the weight classes except heavyweight. But I, I think the point uh, that he was missing was that that's part of the problem, that, that, that we don't have true weight classes anymore, Sal, because... You know, guys can drain, they can weight drain, get on a scale, then by the next day they can be as much as 20 pounds heavier. Uh, so we're not seeing a true representation uh, of it. But uh, I, I just want right. to thank that, That's the whole thing. That's that's not the whole thing, but that's a big part of it, Bill. You know what? You If you want to fight, fight for the welterweight championship, I mean, Bill, I know how much you could tear off and you could put back on it just within a 24-hour period. I've done it, and and from wrestling days to boxing days. And let me tell you something. By the time a welterweight weighs in the day before at 147, if he is a big frame guy and if he tore the weight down, he's going to be at least 160, 165 when he goes in the ring that next night. That's a middleweight division. Right. Well, I mean, and know, that's if we not representing to... a welterweight. Well, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, you can make the argu- you can make the argument that everyone has the opportunity to do the same thing. It's just that yeah. you know when when you're watching a fight with somebody that maybe has never watched a fight, um, you know, uh, you see a, a guy and you say, "Oh, this this is this is a flyweight." And you flyweight. The guy looks like he's a heavyweight. What do you mean? You know. But uh, but anyway, hey, uh, again, I want to give a shout out to my man Will uh, for uh, 
being the first person to ever take advantage of the our new super chat uh, in YouTube. Listen, I, I got a bunch of emails to read, but I just want to say this. You know, I've been criticized a lot on YouTube, and we don't have a big, huge following on YouTube, but I am a YouTube partner for various reasons, and I have vowed for 2018 uh, to, to become more of, a, of a, a piece of the YouTube boxing community. Therefore, what that means is I want to expand our subscriptions, uh, subscribers, I should say, and our views and, and our, our presence on YouTube. So for anybody that's watching on YouTube, uh, help us out. If you're not watching us on YouTube, try and watch us on YouTube. And I keep saying that to all, you know, we have a large following on Facebook and a lot of these guys uh, are, are watching the show via the Facebook stream. It's nothing like the YouTube. The YouTube is the exact same show that we send up to the television network. Same show. Uh, you know, unfortunately, the same commercials and everything. But but uh, the truth of the matter is, is check out the YouTube. You get to see Sal and Alex and everybody that's on the show, uh, which you don't see on, on Facebook. But anyway, let's get some emails. Uh, we'll finish up the emails. This one's from Joel. He says, uh, hey, guys, it was reported from a Polish website today that Tomasz Adamak will soldier on. He's fighting Joey Minnesota Ice in Poland next month. I actually think Abel has a good chance to beat him. Abel's coming off an upset victory in his last fight against Zimirak. Uh, by stopping him in the third. I'm not sure exactly why Adamak is still fighting unless he's an attraction in Poland. Uh, even so, uh, I'm sure he could get a good payday. Um, I, I, he's fighting because he can make good money in Poland. Uh, and and I, I think Adamak, uh, Joey Minnesota Ice has never impressed me. Uh, but even uh, an old Adamak... Uh, uh, I think we'll give Minnesota Ice uh, a tough uh, a tough go. He says, also reported Arthur Abraham is in talks to face uh, Patrick Nelson down the road this year. What do you think of Abraham fighting on? That I disagree with, and I'll tell you why. I I'm a big Arthur Abraham fan, always have been. His best days have been behind him for several years now. He's got nothing left to prove. I couldn't, I would be 100% shocked if he needs money. Um, this is now the glory. I mean, you know how that is, Sal. I mean, you know, you always feel that you can get, you know, one more good performance in. And a lot of these guys, I mean, unlike your situation where you, you're basically boiled for 25 years, these guys aren't that far out of it and probably still feel, you know, like they're in pretty good shape. But, uh, you know, these guys got to know when to say when, in my opinion. Well, it's hard. It's hard, Bill, especially when you, you uh, just pointed out being so closely removed from the sport. You know, it's it's that little professor in your head saying, hey, man, you could do it. You could dig down. You could you can have another one. You can have, you know, another two, three, four fights in you. And and, you know, it's the muscle memory. It's the it's the, it, it, there's a lot that goes on with the with the mechanics and the whole whole thing with that whole makeup and it, you play it, it goes through your head and your heart and uh at that that close window if you're just retired recently or so it's a lot easier to say you know what i could do this let me get back you miss it it's like a, the, the the drug that you you take you like i said you're used to it here here it is you're training you're like a ferrari and 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 you're you're in a regiment you go to camp for for a couple weeks before a fight. You're you're running. You're in the gym. You're hitting the bag. You're sparring. You're doing this. You're doing that, and you feel good. And maybe you don't want to get into training fighters right now because you might even feel that ah, you know what? 
I, I, I could share and I could show, but, you know, I'm still too close to the sport. I could still do it better than I could show another person how to do it. So you tie and you, 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 you go through the mechanics and you say, you know what? I could still fight. I'm going to come back better than ever because your mind plays that game. And you know what? Sometimes people can. You made a good case in point with Sugar Ray Leonard. You know, he retired. Boom. Two years later, what did he do? He made history. Um, and and same thing. You could do it. Sometimes you just rise to the occasion. You could pull it out of the bag, and you have one more or two more good ones left. And you you just you just, you just do it. Uh, other times, you know, you're you're leading yourself down a path that uh, if you got into a lot of ring wars, you're beat up or this and that. It it, it sometimes does not go on the right path, and uh, you, you're going to be worse off than you were. This is true, and it's not just for boxing. When people no. start talking to me about this, I always mention Michael Jordan. In my opinion, Michael Jordan was the best basketball player ever to lace on a pair of sneaks. And, uh, you know, he pushed it too far himself, you know, to watch him uh, right. down, down the, uh, going up and down the court with the Washington Wizards, uh, a shell of himself, who was still competitive, by the way, um, was, was sad. Not quite as sad as watching my uh, Joe Namath uh, playing for the Rams, but uh, pretty sad nonetheless. Hey, listen, I got... An email, a long-winded email from my man Luke, uh, which we will get to Luke. tomorrow. Uh, but I have one more email now. This is from my main man, Mitch. He says, hey, guys, many months ago. Uh-oh, here we go again. Uh, he says, many months ago uh, and up until a couple of shows ago, you kept mentioning how Wilder and AJ should do a two-fight deal. He says, I've listened to many other outlets but you were the only show, to my knowledge, that kept mentioning it. He says, all of a sudden, Eddie Hearn mentions negotiating a two-fight deal. I mean, nobody talked about this <laughs> at all this. except for the Talking Boxing with Billy C. show. I, I don't know if I could believe that. But anyway, and, and Mitch, I do. <laughs> man, I, I promise Mitch, you know, if he ever comes down, I, I told Mitch, you got to come to one of our events, and I, I'm going to take care of him. I'm going to treat him to dinner and, and all that stuff. He's he's uh, uh, he's become uh, a part of the show, really. Um, but anyway, uh, uh, he says, uh, then Eddie Hearn mentions it without any media or fan even caring about a two-fight deal. All people keep saying is they want to see them fight. Nobody says a two-fight deal except for you guys. He says, so once again, you could say it's a coincidence if you want, but I'm telling you, Eddie Hearn listens to the Talking Boxing with Billy C's show. <laughs> well, Eddie Hearn, if you're listening, we want to come to England, damn it. You know, I mean, come on. <laughs> I would love to do it under the match uh, room banner. Uh, I mean, come on. You know, if Eddie Hearn is truly listening. If, if they're really I'll listening, you know, I, I want to I'll go to, I, I want to do our show. I, what I would love to do is do a tour. And do our show live from different places. You know, uh, obviously, I'm in New York. Sal is down south. Um, you know, we could do them there. But I'd love to do one in Chicago and Vegas and California. And then, of course, in other countries. Uh, England uh, would be great uh, to do it in. We've done shows in Canada. Uh, but uh, England, for some reason, I've never been to England but we have such a strong listener base there. We Actually, do. when we started, it was our biggest fan base. It was in England, you know. But uh, anyway, uh, he says, uh, um, here's another coincidence for you guys. You discussed the theory of HBO waiting in the wings to offer Anthony Joshua a huge deal. Hearn already got Danny Jacobs and Baby Miller to move to HBO. 
they were Heyman guys. Now there's an HBO card uh, at the Barclays uh, featuring Jacobs and Miller. Uh, Barclays is generally reserved for Showtime and Al Heyman guys, while HBO broadcasts from Madison Square Garden. So Hearn has crossed the line, so to speak. Now, all of a sudden, Hearn wants to talk about rumors of AJ moving to HBO. And his quote here, which we had already read, uh, he says, I read all this stuff about AJ moving to HBO. It's not true. He says, we're willing to talk, but Showtime has backed Anthony Joshua five fights ago when others weren't thinking about it. Uh, he says, you guys, now this is back to Mitch. He says, you and Sal can keep believing that these are coincidences, uh, but I don't. He's not reading this stuff anyway because nobody talks about it. This was a theory presented on your show and nowhere else. I'm telling you, these guys are watching the Billy C. Show. Mitch, we appreciate that. What do you think, Sal? Is Mitch right? Or, uh, you know, I, I still think it's all coincidence because we talk about uh, things that are topics in the sport, and we can't possibly be the only one. I mean, there's a lot of pretender shows out there. I'm sure they touch on this stuff. Well, Bill, I'll tell you what, though. I think we have a, a show that's very credible. I think we have a show we speak from a good perspective, and uh, we try to be objective where we are. We try to be the voice of boxing fans. We try to rationale and do things and, and look at the mechanics of the sport where it is today and where it needs to go in the direction. So we give a lot of a, a, a lot to the foundation of what we talk about, and to have uh, some some big wigs uh, eavesdropping or listening in and saying, "Hey, you know what? That might be an idea. This might be something we could pursue. Why not?" I mean, I always used to say to you, and I used to, I still do. It's the media that creates and stimulates the news. It's not just reporting the news anymore. So, hey, why not? We talk about some things. It can be catchy. You never know who's listening from where. And, and if even if somebody listened and shares an idea that we said to somebody else that that has taken the idea and running so it's all it all starts and why not it could be part of us and it could not be but hey I, I like to take some of the credit we, we we're, we're uh, innovators we're clearing the field we're chopping down the trees what else could we do <laughs> well I tell you what uh, we could uh, we could look ahead for tomorrow's show but you know the, the one thing uh, listen hey, thanks Mitch. you know the, the the one thing that everybody has to remember about this show and and what aggravates me the most is when I get comments um, from people that you know might just read a title of a show that gets appointed to the show it's a, it's a title that's it uh, and they th you know they don't actually watch the show. But, but the truth of the matter is, is that, you know, this is an opinionated show. We take a, a topic and we give you our opinions on it. And just like if you take the time to write an email, we'll take the time to read and convey your opinion, whether you agree with us or not. I mean, I, I, it's not like, as long as it's presented, we had a call, we opened up the phone line, we had a caller cursing and all of this, you know, um, you know, ultimately, I don't want to deal with that. But I don't care if you agree with with something I said, or if you disagree with something I said, or or something Sal said. We'll still give you that platform as long as you're you know handling it in the right way. You know, no foul language uh, because we are on TV and radio. You know, uh, present your case in an intelligent manner. Um, and and I'm open. I, I love discussions, and I've even been known to to change my opinion. Uh, uh, after somebody presents something in a in a well thought out way, the the truth of the matter is is Sal and I not only are we 
um, you know, part of the sport of boxing. I've been involved in this sport uh, in many different facets for over 35 years, and that's not even counting when I fought as an amateur um, way back in the day. I don't even count that. Uh, and Sal was a professional fighter, a top contender, uh, New Jersey Boxing Hall of Famer, Guinness Book of Record holder. We're, we're all those things, except the most important thing we are first is boxing fans. Both Sal and myself are. are fans of the sport. So we're never going to let that that feeling and and that you know desire for the sport to be better um, as a fan would. That's never going to be a kick to the curb. I get criticized sometimes. Oh, you're supposed to be this. You're supposed to uh, present something in a different manner, not your opinion. Well, no, you're wrong because this show is based on opinion. And that's what you're always going to get, an honest opinion. You may not agree. You may not like what we got to say, uh, but, uh, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to come out that way. And I will say this. Yes, before anybody sends me an email. Yes, yes, yes. I don't like Floyd Mayweather, but it's not because he's black. And it's not because of anything other than I personally, and I admit it, I have a hard time separating Floyd Mayweather in the ring versus Floyd Mayweather outside the ring. And although I've tried to get a lot better with it, and I do give Floyd Mayweather many accolades, and I do think that Floyd Mayweather is an all-time great fighter, um, and he will be a first ballot Hall of Famer, and I even use him as an example on today's show, how great of shape he's always in, I just personally did not like his style. And if, if, if somebody says to me, name one reason you don't like Floyd Mayweather, my reason is going to be, I don't like his. I didn't like his running away from your style. It is not the sweet science people try to think it is. He's brainwashed people to think it is. Lomachenko is more of an example of sweet science. But the truth is the truth. No, I'm not a big fan. But it's not for any reason other than I honestly didn't like his style, Sal. I understand. No, that's that's what you usually reinforce it with, and and I understand it completely, and I, I agree with you too. Um, you know, it, it's a different style from what you and I grew up uh, admiring about the sport. And uh, I'm not saying even that it's that it's it's not a style. Hey, guess what? He wants to preserve his brain cells. He wants to avoid uh, some of the trauma that can happen in the sport of boxing. He wants to elongate, elongate a career. Hey, he's fighting a style for him, and he does it very well. He does it exceptionally well. And you know, he, he, it's 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 a beautiful display of defense. I mean, he he can move around the the ring like a matador, and he uh, he, he slips the punches, he rolls the shoulder, he does everything he can do to avoid being punched, and that's part of boxing. But the other part of it is, which we 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 kind of uh, I guess misses in his style that he that he's so good at, is being in the pocket, ready to throw punches and uh, and exchange. Because that's the sport of boxing. You know? Exactly. You can't just avoid the punch without landing one yourself. But uh, anyway, hey, listen, we're out of time. Our shows go by quick. We're they glad do. to have you part of the show. Uh, like I said, we're trying to uh, expand on YouTube. So if you're watching or listening on YouTube and you can help us do that, please do so. Uh, interact with the show. Drop us an email, Billy at Talking Boxing, T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G.com. Uh, we may open up the phone lines tomorrow. So uh, if you're ready for that, we'll be uh, ready too. So, uh, hey, listen, make sure you tune in tomorrow morning. Same bad time, same bad channel. Until then, I'll leave you with this. Ciao, baby.